So having someone say that they understood because they had been there, then I was more ready to listen. It was not somebody who was trying to fix me like, oh, you are an idiot that you got in that place in the first place. It was someone who could say, I've been there. I understand how that feels. And this is what helped me. My friend, welcome back. If you are new here, I'm Joanne Chan, your host of the podcast Find Joy with Joanne. Thank you for joining us every week for the most authentic, courageous, and powerful connections with a lot of fun. Thank you for showing up for yourself today to continue to learn and grow to live a life with joy, passion, purpose, and success in your own style on your own terms. And our special guest today is a personal development expert. Advocate for hope and healing, best-selling author, speaker, host of Linda's Corner podcast, and founder of Hope for Healing nonprofit charity. And some of her books include Crush, A Journey Through Depression, and Amazon bestseller, You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. So she's here today to empower you to become your very best self. So guys... Help me welcome Linda Bjork. This episode is sponsored by Get the Law of Attraction. If you have been listening to this podcast, then you will know I am a big believer of the universe and the law of attraction. Get the Law of Attraction is a spiritual and inspirational company that gives you something really good like chocolate chip cookies to feed your soul and your mind every single day. They provide daily Instagram posts and reels on the universe, gratitude, spirituality for your hectic life. They also have an educational course on the Law of Attraction and Gratitude Journal and their links are in the show notes below. Go to their website and use promo code JOYAN, J-O-Y-A-N when you sign up and you will get $25 off. Hi Linda, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you are here today. Thank you, Joanne. I am so delighted to be here and I love what you do and I love your name. I love that you have joy right as a part of you. That is amazing. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Um, so the first place that I want to start with you is, actually I want to start with this paragraph that I was reading on your website. Mm-hmm. So I want to read it out. Um, it says, all my life I have tried to be happy and optimistic and friendly and never thought I would be able I never thought that I would ever have to deal with anything like depression or social anxiety but life has a way of throwing things at you that you were not expecting and during this time I could see a beautiful sunset or hear a child's laughter and feel absolutely nothing happiness doesn't come from our circumstances it comes from within and I was completely empty inside so like I told you before we you know um, record the podcast, I was just telling you that I also went through depression myself. So I just want to say I relate to your story 100%. Um, I, I also remember how happy I look on the outside when I was dying inside. So I would love to hear your stories. I know I know you wrote a book about your own journey because I haven't gotten the chance to read your book. So I would love to have you share your story you know, with me and my listeners, how you 
got into depression and how you got out of depression? What was the journey like? Because I know it's going to be inspiring and empowering. And it's the reason why you do what you do today. It is the reason why I do what I do. You know, before I went through that horrible time, I was fine. I thought I was fine. You just go through day to day and you take care of things. And when you have this experience of of just sinking into the depths of despair and feeling like I thought I would never get out, Joanne, I thought that was my new reality. And it was like being in this deep, dark pit where there was, there were no, there were no windows. There were no doors. I did not see any way out. And I thought, well, this is my new reality from here on out. This is as good as it's going to get. And I, I tried to put on a good face because, you know, this is the new reality. And most people didn't even know that I was struggling And yet uh, I was so empty inside. I felt like you said, I was dying inside and it was horrible. It was indescribably awful. And how I fell into that deep, dark place is I had just a series of events in my life that just crushed me. I mean, you know, we all have challenges and trials and struggles and we do our very best to be able to handle it and to move forward. But sometimes we're hit with something so big or like a lot of things in a row and it just, it just overwhelmed me and I slid into that dark, awful place and I was there for about five years and then uh, my sister who uh, at that time was training to become a life coach, she sent me an invitation. She said, hey, I'm doing this women's retreat. Do you want to come? And I thought, no, of course I don't want to come. Because first of all, I I couldn't stand to be around other people. I was struggling with social anxiety. It felt like my comfort zone had absolutely collapsed. I, I, I didn't feel safe, not with anyone and not anywhere. And then because I was so hopeless and so empty, I thought nothing that she says is going to work. I felt like I had tried everything and and nothing helped. And so I thought, no, no, of course I don't want to go. And she actually had no idea that I was struggling. But um, somehow the idea of going to this retreat wouldn't leave my head. And so I finally, I gathered my courage together and I went And I'm so glad that I did because that decision changed my life. It is as if my sister lowered a ladder down into my deep, dark hole, and she showed me a way to climb out. So even though there were no windows, there were no doors, there was a way. And and it was very much a ladder and not like an elevator where I could just press a button and instantly, woohoo, I feel great. It took time and it took effort, but it worked. And I describe healing, it's not like flipping on a light switch where it's that instant fix. It is more like a sunrise where the change from moment to moment is gradual. In fact, you might not even notice it, but it does come and it is beautiful. And now to be in this place where I feel happy again, sometimes it feels like, Maybe that depressive episode didn't really happen. It was like, you know, just like a bad dream. And then I go back and maybe read something or or see something or have a memory that's like, oh, no, 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 that was so real. 
And because I know what that feels like, and I understand the hopelessness that is in there, it is my passion to offer a ladder to anyone who feels trapped and stuck in a deep, dark hole. And like you said, that is why I do what I do. That's why I run my podcast. It's why I've written my books. It's why I created this, this nonprofit to be able to help empower people to get unstuck. And my message in simple, simple terms is one, you're not alone. And two, there is hope for healing. And I would love to show people how. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And um, now I want to know, because I, I, I gone through depression and how we found that we got depression, like how we discovered that we actually, you know, depressed is very different from everyone, right? Everyone's um, experience with depression is very different. Um, and there's no one size fits all, as we know. So how did you find out that you actually have depression instead of just, oh, I'm feeling it? Because when I was struggling with depression, all my friends, all the people around me told me, you are just being emotional, right, Joy and Chan? You are just being emotional. Stop being emotional. I was like, okay, I'm just being emotional. You know, there's just it's just something wrong with me and I don't know what is that, you know? So tell me about, like, how did you find out that you actually got depression and it was real? That is an excellent question and something that I have never been asked before. Well, for me... I can say that there's varying levels of depression, like you said, where you're just feeling emotional. But when I got to the point where I was curled up on a ball, you know, in the fetal position on my couch, wishing every day that I could cease to exist so that the pain and the suffering would stop, I would say that's a pretty clear indication of depression. So when you get to that point, you know that you are not in a good place. And, um, and that word depression, which I guess kind of is a spectrum and it fits a whole lot of things. And we can have, you know, we can have a bad day. Anybody can have a bad day. According to, you know, the research, they say that rule of thumb is when you're in that dark place for uh, more than two weeks. They kind of say it has to do with either the length of time or the depth of the feeling. So if it's influencing uh, and affecting negatively your relationships for longer than, say, two weeks, or if you get into that place where you're huddled up on your couch wishing that you no longer existed, those are some pretty good indicators that you have reached that place called depression, and it's time to, to do something about it. Right. Thank you. Now, just now you earlier... Um... You mentioned that you have tried many different things and it didn't work. So do are you able to, are you comfortable uh, with sharing like what are some of the things that you have tried to so-called cure your depression and didn't work? You know, what's so funny is let me think what didn't work. At the time, the one person who was aware that I was not in a good place, that I was not able to hide from was my husband. Because, you know, we sleep in the same room and we're around each other a lot. And, and he knew that I was not okay. And so he kept trying to fix me. And so he would look up online and, oh, try this supplement. That will make you all better. Here, try this light. Put this light on. It will make you all better. Or try this or try that. And I hated it so bad. Um, and part of the thing that when you're in that deep, dark place and feeling absolutely powerless, having someone try to fix you is really offensive. 
And it's very frustrating because it feels like, are you kidding me? If I can't be in charge of me, then I can't do anything. And, and just that feeling of, of being powerless. So some of those things didn't work. I also had some very well-meaning people once my, my mom and dad figured out that I was in this bad place because I, I, I was able to fool them. And then when they found out, then, then they tried to fix me by saying things like, oh, just think of all the things you're grateful for and just choose to be happy. And, you know, just like they thought in their sweet, innocence and naivety that if they just said the right magic words, then all of a sudden, poof, I would be all better. And so they kept saying all these things that, you know, and, and it, it did not help. <laughs> it did not help at all. So those were some of the things that, that were not particularly helpful. Okay. So those are the things that people said to you that it didn't help. So now looking back, what do you think that, what do you... Okay, so back to the moment when you were feeling depressed and you didn't find, you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. What do you think you needed the most? Or what you needed to hear from these people? What do you think was that? I think there were two things that to me made a pivot. And one of them was uh, I, I needed to be empowered and I also needed to be accountable. Those are the two things. And so for the accountability side, my husband got to a point where he said, you need to do something or I'm, I'm done. And when you're in depression, at least when I was in depression, it seems pretty consistent. I was very, very self-centered, uh, thinking that this affects me. This is my problem. This is my issue. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. So everyone should leave me alone and let me deal with me. What I did not realize is that the way that I felt and the way that I was, was indeed affecting other people. And so it wasn't just about me. It affected the way that my relationship with my husband was. It affected the way that I showed up. It affected the way that I interacted with people, even though I did my very, very best to fake it, that I was okay. It, it didn't work as well as I thought it did. So the accountability of recognizing that this wasn't just about me was a very important step. I hated it. I did not appreciate hearing it, but it was a necessary wake-up call. The other part was feeling empowered. Now, my sister, uh, when she had invited me to this retreat and I was totally terrified to go and I finally sent her a text and I said, I think, I think I'd like to come, but I'm scared. I'm not in a good place. And she immediately called me and she said a few things that were so important. She said, at first, I'd said, you know, I, I don't know if I can go. I'd like to support you, but I don't know if I can handle it. And she said, you don't need to come to support me. This has nothing to do with me. What I'm doing is I'm creating this environment for people to come and to learn and to want to be happy. Does that sound like something that would interest you? Now, even though these were simple, simple things, she did not try to save me. She did not try to fix me. She let me be in control of my choice and of my uh, decision. 
And that was just like giving me a little bit of my power back that I felt was so lost. It was like, wow, she trusts me to make my own decision. And another thing that she said in this conversation was she she said, I had no idea. I had no idea that you were struggling. You look so put together all the time. And she said, but I understand. I felt that way before. People thought that I had it all under control when I was actually struggling inside. And when she said that, I thought, wait, 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 what, you? Because I thought she was perfect and had everything together. And for her to say, I understand. And I felt that way too. So having someone say that they understood because they had been there, then I was more ready to listen. It was not somebody who was trying to fix me like, oh, you are an idiot that you got in that place in the first place. It was someone who could say, I've been there. I understand how that feels. And this is what helped me. And so those kinds of things of uh, feeling like you're not alone and feeling empowered and also realizing the accountability, the personal accountability, that what you are feeling and how you are behaving makes a difference. I love that. That is so powerful. Because being in depression, of course, you know, certainly we feel alone. Like we are the only one in this dark place. So yeah, that's very empowering. Uh, so how would you encourage people? Because now a big part of your work is to help people with depression and to cultivate a positive mental health and well-being. And I love how you use the analogy of the healing, right? It's like a sunrise, you know, like a light switch. Because it, it doesn't happen overnight. So it requires, I suppose, like you said, what I'm hearing is that it requires more consistent action, you know, um, positive steps. Well, what would you say to people who are um, hesitant to start or they are afraid to start or they are unsure? How would you encourage them to take the very first step? That is an excellent question. Because, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So some of the things that I would say to encourage people is what I'm doing right now, and that is sharing my story to let people understand that I have been there and that I understand how it feels. And then I can be an example of saying, and what I did works. And that makes a very big difference because I think it's scary to take a first step or to make any effort if you don't feel like it's going to work. And one of the things I like to teach on my website is that every journey to healing begins with hope. And hope is an acrostic where the H stands for having a hunger. And a hunger is a desire, but it's a strong desire. It's not just like, oh yeah, of course I'd like to feel better. Because there is a desire to change, but there is a desire to stay the same. And it's when that desire reaches a tipping point where we want to change more than we want to stay the same. That is the moment that healing can begin. And the O stands for openness. When I was struggling with depression and anxiety, oh, I was tight, 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 like a little armadillo rolled up in its shell. And they do that to protect themselves. And that is exactly what I was doing. I, I was in survival mode. I was trying to protect myself. But you can't heal tight, tight, tight. You have to be able to open up at least a little bit. And I didn't go from tight, tight, tight to arms open wide, just a little bit. 
the first step for me was admitting to another person that I was not in a good place because I had been trying to shield and mask that information from everyone. We also have to be open to trying new things. We have to be open to change and open to healing. I've learned that no one can heal without their consent. We have to be open to the possibility of changing. Now, the P stands for positive expectancy. And positive expectancy means you're hoping that something good is going to work. Because we're not going to put in the effort if we don't think it's going to do any good. And like you mentioned, there are small, simple action steps. And it does require some effort. And so if we don't think it's going to work, we're not going to want to take the steps. And so having that positive expectancy is so important. And in order to share that, this again is where we use an example and say, I have been there and it works. The wonderful news is that there is hope for healing. We can change. Things can be better. What we're experiencing today doesn't mean that we have to be stuck there forever. The E stands for empowerment. Like I mentioned before, when I was struggling with depression and anxiety, I felt completely and totally powerless, like I was just a victim of circumstance. I was stuck and there was nothing I can do about it. We have to be able to get our power back. The power to be able to feel comfortable in your own skin. The power that you know that you can handle your challenges. The power to be able to be resilient. These kinds of things, we need to be able to get that back. And that comes from a combination of learning and doing. And as we learn and do and take those small simple action steps. It begins to change the way that we think. It changes the way that we show up and it lifts that fog and helps us to be able to be in the sunlight. And it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing because it's um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask, like, because it's that every journey to healing begins with hope. And I was about to ask, like, why is, why is the meaning behind hope? Thanks for sharing that. Now, you mentioned just now that you talk about openness, right? Sharing your story, which is what you're doing. I want to know, because when you first got out of depression, how long did it take for you to start sharing, to be open, to share your story like with people across the world, to start your own charity? Like, I'm sure it wasn't easy as well. Because for me, I also started sharing my story of being depressed. It was not easy. So yeah. I want to know, how did you like how did you push through the fear of you know what people are going to say what people judge me you know like all this fear right that we have because the reason why we don't share our story not just depression like any kind of story or like childhood abuse like trauma it's because we fear other people's judgment uh, you know their opinions of us right so how did you take the courage to actually like finally share your story Man, you just nailed it on the head. We stay quiet because we are afraid of people's judgment. And man, when I was in that dark place and feeling so powerless, I did not want to give a story like ammunition to somebody else to slam me. Oh my gosh, that would be terrifying. The thing that helped me be able to move forward and to be able to do it was a desire to help the next person. And that desire 
and remembering what it felt like helped me to have the courage so that I could say in my mind, okay, that the me now would want to talk to the me curled up on the couch, miserable, and say, it's going to be okay. And it's, it's that having compassion for someone else that helped me be able to be courageous. But it wasn't easy, like you said. Oh, my gosh. And as you mentioned, people, once they hear a story, they have the opportunity to embrace or to judge and condemn. And some people that I shared my story with said, oh, thank you. That made such a difference. I feel like you were in my head. I, I feel like you understand me and it meant the world to me. Like I have hope that I can heal too. And I have other people who just kind of blow it off or kind of like, eh, whatever, or slam me or, you know, make unkind comments. And it takes some courage to be able to say, okay, helping this person is worth the judgment of this person who didn't need to hear the story. But I think when you start, I think it's very careful or important to be careful with who we share our story with, that we share with someone who is safe. Because um, when we're feeling that vulnerability, we, we want to start in a safe place. Uh, totally. Because I'm not saying you, ha- you have to share your stories with like, with people all over the world, right? Like what we are doing, but share at least share with um people around you start with your friends you know i remember i shared with my closest friend and he understand me right so choose wisely like who you open up to because not everyone yeah exactly so now now i know you have a five minute morning routine that you want to share with people right but before we actually get to the before we get to the actual steps I want to talk about why is having a morning routine so important and why is it going to change people's life? Mm, Excellent question. You know, the way that we start the day ends up being the way that the day continues. It's like that, that start button and however it starts, you've heard people say, man, they got up on the wrong side of the bed. It just seems that the way that we wake up kind of influences the rest of the day. The cool thing about having a morning routine is you can adjust that setting on purpose where you can say, oh, maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the day, but five minutes later, I'm on the right side of the bed and it's going to be a good day. And it makes such a difference. And so let's say people who are going through depression right now, and most often than not, one of the symptoms of having depression is like, they don't want to wake up. They want to get out of the bed, right? They just want to stay there just want to, because they don't feel like doing anything. So is having a morning routine is going to help them? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So how now the you... tricky thing is yeah. like we talked to, you mentioned, and you're spot on. We struggle when we're in that space of depression with having motivation to do things. It's like, I don't want to. Well, motivation is a lovely, helpful thing, but it isn't required. What we need is self-discipline where it is. I said, I'm going to do this and I will do it to honor myself. And so if we can kind of, you know, trudge through a little bit and then, and then it feels good. You have to start. So it's tricky. And yes, it does take a little bit of self-discipline, but you can, we can do this. We can do this. And the reason that I created this five minute morning routine is because 
again, I understand what it feels like to be in that dark place where I don't have any motivation and I don't want to do anything. And I think nothing's going to work anyway. And, 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 and so I want it to be something that is simple and short and easy. So easy that you think, I don't want to do anything, but I could do that. I mean, I could do that. That's easy. And so if we can get something small and simple enough where you have that confidence that, yeah, I I could do five minutes and then you actually do it and then you feel better and then you can do something else. But the trick is taking that first step. So that's why So let me kind of explain what this little five-minute morning routine is. And I have a a video on my website at hopeforhealingfoundation.org and a a printout sheet that you can track and stuff like that. But it's basically, it's M-M-W-W. It is music and motion and words and water. So the first thing is to pick a song. And the song is something that you love, not just a song that's like, okay, but you know that song that when you play, it kind of makes you want to dance and it makes you want to sing along. These are the songs to put on this playlist. And then your song acts as your timer during the length of this song. Most songs last between three and four minutes. You're going to move your body and it can be anything. It can be just like Um, basic exercise things like sit-ups and push-ups and jumping jacks, or it could be yoga poses, or it could be stretching. Or another fun thing to do is shadow boxing. Like if you're listening to a Rocky song and you shadow box, you will be amazed at how you feel in three minutes. It's like, wow, I can conquer this day. And then my personal favorite is just to dance, turn on a fun song and just dance. Now what this does, um, the music and the movement. Music is an incredibly powerful tool to affect the way that we feel. It is, it does more than any other activity to affect our emotions, which is incredible. And also research shows that our brain waves tend to synchronize somewhat to the beat of the music. So if we are in a place where we're anxious and frustrated, listening to calming music can literally help calm our brain waves down so that we can think better. Or if we're struggling with depression and we don't have motivation and I don't want to get up and I don't want to get started, listening to positive, bouncy, upbeat music can literally help jumpstart our brain into action so that we can get up and we can move and we can do. It is magical. And then by movement, movement is crazy because some people think, well, I don't have a lot of energy. I've got to conserve it. But when we move, it actually increases our energy. It increases our uh, vitality. It helps us to be able to be more active and have more energy and to be able to do more things. It also helps to relax muscle tension. It helps to lower the levels of cortisol, that stress hormone in our body. And it also helps to elevate our endorphins, which are those feel good hormones. So we start to feel good. So it does all of these wonderful, amazing things in a short amount of time. Now, if you don't like exercise at all, and, um, you don't want to do that, there is another choice. And that's instead of moving, you can sing along. And singing has been scientifically proven to do so many incredible things for even our bodies. It helps relax muscle tension like exercise does, which is crazy. It helps elevate the endorphins. 
And there's a tiny little organ in the inner ear called the sacculus that is stimulated when we sing, and it sends a little boost of pleasure to the brain. So if you're really struggling and having a down day, singing a positive, upbeat song can help put you in a good place faster than almost anything else. It's amazing. Now, there's been a lot of research done on singing and depression. They took a group of people struggling with uh, depression, and they had a control group, and they said, you guys, just keep doing what you're doing. They took the study group and they said, what we want you to do is sing a song every day. And then 30 days later, they came back to see if it made any difference. They found that the control group was exactly where they were 30 days ago. And the study group that had added singing had significantly lower levels of depression and anxiety. And the only thing that they changed was adding singing to their daily routine. So it does amazing things. Okay, so on the four parts, the MMWW, the music, and the uh, movement, those are the things. So you can either sing and or dance, or you can do both. Then to get to the W is words. If you grab a, a, a journal and pen and write five things that you're grateful for, it does amazing things for the way that you feel. Now, I've heard about gratitude journals in the past, and I thought, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's nice for those happy little fluffy people that like to do things like that. But you don't understand. I'm, I like have real problems here. Like, I, you know, I need real solutions. Don't give me these fluffy little stupid things. But the research shows that gratitude does incredible things for our brain and physiologically. It's amazing. So they've done fMRI scans and found that when you're in an attitude of gratitude, it helps to um, stimulate lots of different parts of the brain, particularly the prefrontal cortex area, which is where we have our conscious thought and our decision making. This helps us to be able to be more uh, rational and not quite as emotional, helps us to be able to act rather than just to react. And it does some amazing things that way. They've also shown that it improves the neuroplasticity of the brain, which is absolutely critical for any type of healing. It is necessary for resilience and adaptability to change. And so it does those things. Now, there is another study done on gratitude and depression, which is really cool. They took a group of people who were struggling with severe depression, and they said, okay, we want you to write three things down every day that went well, three things you're grateful for. And so they did. 15 days later, they checked and found that 94% of the participants had noticed an improvement. They had gone from severely depressed to either moderately or mildly depressed. It didn't solve all of their problems. They still had work to do, but it put them in a place that they were better able to handle their challenges. And that was only a little over two weeks, which is so crazy. So writing things in a gratitude journal does amazing things for your brain. It's, it's incredible. So the last W is to drink a bottle of water. Now, water is such a simple thing. It's, it's one of those very overlooked things on mental and emotional health and well-being. Our brains are about 73% water. And research shows that if we're dehydrated, even as little as 1%, it begins to negatively affect our brain structure and our mood. And so if we can keep adequately hydrated, that's a simple thing to help us to be able to feel better. So MM, WW, yes, music and movement and words and water. You can do it in five minutes and go about your day. 
Now, what this does for people is it helps to change your energy. It shifts you from someone who thinks, yeah, I probably should exercise. Yeah, I probably should drink more water. I probably should do self-care or something into someone who is exercising someone who is drinking more water, someone who is doing self-care. And when you shift into someone who is doing something, that is when the magic begins. And the change comes from small, simple action steps that are done consistently. Now, if you do it once for five minutes, it's not going to change your whole life. It probably will change your day, but not your whole life. But if you do it day after day, after day, I promise that within 30 days, you will see noticeable improvements. Yes, I love that because when you repeat an action long enough, it becomes a habit. And there's no reason you will not be keeping up with the habit because it, it becomes so natural, so automatic, right? Because it's, it's in your subconscious mind, it's programmed into your subconscious mind now. So I also have my own morning routine. So is this your own, the the NNWW, is this still your morning routine up to this day or you have, so what is your morning routine right now? Is it the same that you just described? Excellent question. It depends on how much time I have today. If it's a busy day and I don't have a lot of time, then absolutely, I am going to do my five-minute morning routine. If I have some more time, then I can stretch things out and I can do other things in addition to that. I can do some journaling. I can do some meditation and prayer. I can add more things. I can exercise longer than one song. I can do more things. But again, even on those days where the time is super tight, I can do that. And so that is something that I'm going to at least do that and maybe more. Yeah, I love that because you don't really have a fixed morning routine, right? You, you just give yourself the flexibility and to, to do what feels right to you, to, to do what is, you know, right at the moment. I love that because a lot of people, just it becomes so hard on themselves, right? So like, I'm going to do this, right? If I don't do this, I feel bad and my day is just, everything goes wrong. So... It's part of self-care as well, right? Because we, we talk about self-care all the time. You see people talk about self-love and self-care. But it's really about not being so hard on yourself, like showing love to yourself, even though you make a mistake or you, you didn't do what you said you want to do. Just don't beat yourself up for that, right? So what would be your... Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And I talked to a friend who put it in such a beautiful way. He said, I have chosen to be the kind of person who is kind to myself. And I love that as a starting place because we talk about having uh, positive affirmations. A lot of times our self-talk, our default self-talk is very, very negative. I'm not good enough. Nobody likes me. And I was to a place where everybody would be better off without me. And I'm a failure. I'm a da-da-da-da-da-da. And they're all negative, horrible things. And we want to get to a place where we can say, I love myself. I value myself. I have something of value to contribute. Uh, I'm awesome. I mean, you can go to that wonderful place. However, to get from here to here can be really challenging because if you're in a place where you honestly feel, I am worthless, nobody likes me, I can't do anything right. If you try to say something like, 
I love myself. I value myself. I have something great to contribute. Your subconscious is going to start shouting, liar, 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 liar. And it, it just feels weird. Now, if you've got the courage and you keep saying it, your brain will eventually believe it. But in that middle place, trying to go from point A to point B, if we can start with, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And then when you get that thought that comes in, like, oh, I'm such a failure. No, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. Oh, I can't do anything right. No. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. It can help stop that rumination and that cycle that goes around. And if we can stop the cycle, boy, that's winning half the battle, don't you think? And so, and then if we can go from there, because we know what kindness looks like. We know how to be kind to other people. I thought when I was in that place that I could be kind to other people and it didn't matter if I was cruel to myself because I didn't count. Well, it does matter. It does matter how we treat ourselves. And so I, the things I would say to myself, I would never have said to you. I would never have said to anyone because they were cruel. But somehow I thought if I said it to myself, it didn't matter. And here I'm going to say today to all those who are listening, it does matter. We have to be kind to ourselves. Yeah, I love that quote. And it reminds me of another quote that I love from Brittany Brown. She says, she famously said that, talk to yourself like you would to someone you love, right? I'm sure you have seen it before. And that's just so true. It's like the truth, right? Because like you just mentioned, we talk to ourselves. Just imagine if you were to talk to your friend, the way you talk to yourself, I'm sure your friend would be like, what the heck? All right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they wouldn't yeah, stay you your friend you. very long, would they? Yes, exactly. So now, um, before we move on to the final section of the um, podcast, do you have anything that you really want to share that perhaps I didn't let you or didn't ask you? Um, I Not anything in particular, except I invite people to come and check out the website. Come to hopeforhealingfoundation.org. We have free ebooks. We have free resources to help people be happy, to help people get unstuck, to be able to manage stress, to pull out of things like depression and anxiety and improve relationships. There are wonderful things in store for, for anyone who is willing to put in a little bit of effort. Yes, thank you so much. Now, um, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful stories with us today. And I'm so grateful that you are here and you have been very generous and kind with your time today. So now we are going to end with our final five rapid fire questions. So these are the five questions that I ask all my guests at the end of the show. So every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum. Okay. All right. <laughs> the first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier? That I have value. Wow, that is the first time that, you know, that someone gave me this answer. I love that. Second question. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? I'm not sure that I would. I think I've learned from each step of the way. Yeah, beautiful. Third question. What is something you're trying to learn or curious about right now? Hmm. Right now, I am learning about trauma and how to heal from trauma of the past. 
Interesting. If you have five minutes and the whole world was listening to you, what would you say? I would say that if you're struggling, that if you're feeling trapped, that if you're feeling stuck, you're not alone and there is hope for healing. Beautiful. The last question is, what brings you joy? Hmm. Well, many things bring me joy. My family brings me joy. And helping other people brings me joy. Making a difference. Service brings me joy. A beautiful sunrise brings me joy. A bike ride brings me joy. Holding my grandkids brings me joy. Ah, life brings me joy. Oh, you have grandkids. You look so freaking young. <laughs> I can't believe that. And thank you so much for answering all the questions. And I'm sure a lot of people want to get to know you more. So I will send people to your website. But is there a way that people can get to work with you one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do that? You can reach me through social media. And you can reach me through lendascornerpodcast.com. Um, those are some great places. And then, of course, through hopeforhealingfoundation.org. All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you for listening. And I'm sure you love this episode. Go follow Linda. Go to her website. Read her articles and listen to her podcast. And check out all the amazing things that she's doing. And if you're not following me, follow me on Instagram at joyan.chan. And tell me and Linda, what is your biggest takeaway from this episode? And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Thanks again to our sponsor, Get the Law of Attraction. Follow them on Instagram for daily spiritual enrichment and encouragement, especially if your spiritual ice cream cone is melting a bit you will get a fresh scoop of your favorite flavor of spiritual encouragement and insights. Find Joy with Joy and listeners will also get $25 off when you go to their website and use promo code JOYAN, J-O-Y-A-N when you sign up for their Law Attraction course and Gratitude Journal. Once again, that is JOYAN, J-O-Y-A-N for $25 off and their links are in the show note below. Hey guys i hope you love this episode if you love this episode take a screenshot of this and share it on your ig stories and tell me what is your biggest takeaway remember to tag me at find joy with joy and underscore podcast so that we can connect with you and if you would like to support me personally and support my mission then please help us rate and review the podcast at apple podcast i read all of them and until next time my friend, show up. The world needs you and you need you. You need the best version of yourself every single day. So always strive to be the best you can be in this present moment. Again, thanks for listening and I will soon be back with another guest in the next episode.